Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Vintage Church is a movement of truth, love, and community. For more information, visit VintageChurchNola.com. Here is this week's message. We are right there in the smack dab middle of our current series called Talk to Me. We're looking at the Lord's Prayer and what Jesus has to teach us about praying to our Father. And so every week before we get to the sermon, what we're doing is we're reciting the Lord's Prayer together. And so you're going to see that prayer on the screen. And so let's recite the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Well, good morning again. Welcome to Vintage Church. If I've never met you before, my name is Dustin Turner. I serve as the lead pastor of Vintage Church. And I'm, again, excited. We're kind of right in the middle of this series called Talk to Me, looking at the Lord's Prayer. And this morning, we're looking at the phrase, give us today our daily bread. And a big part of this series, as we kick off the new year and as we focus specifically on prayer, is also thinking about and praying for the vision that God has given Vintage Church for the next two years. And so last year, starting in 2019, we kicked off a two-year ministry vision called Anticipate. And really, part of the goal of being in this series and seeking out how we should pray and why we should pray is that we would pray for the Lord to use Vintage Church through the Anticipate Vision. I want to remind you, as I've done every week, just of a few things. Number one, we have this booklet out in our lobby. If you're new and you'd like to learn more about the Anticipate Vision, all of that's in there. Also, it's online. If you're an electronic person, Anticipate NOLA. You can find everything as well as story videos and updates regarding the Anticipate Vision. We've been praying for the last 40 days, and so we have those prayer bookmarks out there. This week, today, we're praying for UNO. Tomorrow, we're praying for the future of Vintage Church in Orleans Parish. Then we're praying for our sanctification and holiness, spiritual protection from the enemy, unity within Vintage Church, more guests, and then our vintage partners over the next week. And so you can pick one of those up. And last, we've got several of these journals in different colors, black, silver, and green. If you're into journaling or journaling your prayers or your Bible reading, we have all of those out there. Take those. We're going to be sharing a whole lot more in the coming weeks about the Anticipate Vision. But as we continue this series... I want you to think about the needs that you might have. How many of you would say, I've got needs? Probably everybody, right? How many of you saw these crackers when you walked in on your seat and you were like, what in the world is going on? I know some of you are like, wow, they're giving out snacks now. That's incredible, right? I want you to hold on to those crackers. And I want you to think about the needs that you have in life. How many of you are familiar with Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs? Good. More of you than my team. This week when we were sitting preparing for this sermon, I, I was like, so I want to talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And everybody gave me the deer in the headlight look. And I'm like, 
what's, what's wrong with you people? Have you never seen this before? So anyway, some of you might not have. And so the Maslow's hierarchy of needs is like this, okay? Maslow was like a social psychologist. And what he talked about is we have, all of us have different needs in life. And it starts with the most basic needs at the bottom of the pyramid. So we have these physiological needs, things like air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, those sorts of things. And then when those needs are satisfied, we move up to, a, to the next needs, safety needs, personal security, employment, resources, health, then love and belonging. We want friendship and intimacy, a sense of connection to then esteem, things like respect and self-esteem, recognition, freedom, and then finally, self-actualization, the desire to become the most that one can be. Now listen, regardless of where you stand and whether or not you think Maslow was right or wrong, what I think he shows us is that every single one of us in life has needs. And what I want you to think about this morning is is this. Why would God create us with these needs and not provide for those needs? We've all been created and we all need all of these things and more if we're being honest. And so if God created us to need these things in life, why would he create us with that need and not provide for that need? And so this morning, as we think about the the statement in this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, we're going to be asking ourselves this question, why pray for daily bread? Why pray for daily bread? If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one, lift up your hand. Our Connect team would love to come and get you a copy of God's Word. We're going to be specifically there in verse 11 this morning. And also what you might have noticed is the focus has shifted. In the first three petitions, it talks about our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. And now the shift has happened where it's not just about God anymore, but now Jesus is teaching us to pray for the things that we need. Give us Give us this day. Next week, forgive us our debts. Verse 13, the last week of the series, lead us not into temptation. And so we've shifted in our focus, and we're asking this question, why pray for daily bread? The first thing that I think we see from the scriptures is this. God is the provider of every good gift. Part of the reason that Jesus is teaching us to pray, give us today or give us this day our daily bread, is because Jesus is confident and he wants his disciples to be confident. He wants us to be confident that God will always give good gifts. He will always provide for his people. Why? Well, number one, because God is our creator. He's done things for us in simply creating us i mean don't forget that god has existed eternally before time before space he didn't need to create us there wasn't some hole in god's heart that just said i've got to have people to create he chose to create us there was nothing before him he's the uncaused cause before god created there was nothing and he created out of nothing He literally had no parts to work with and saying, hey, if I could take this and this and this and put these things together, I could really make something. No, God, in the very beginning, it was just God. 
And out of nothing, he created everything, including you and I. And part of what is so significant about God being our creator is that he gave life to everything, including us. When he put Adam and Eve in the garden, he said uh, to, to, to work it and to make it and to subdue it. Part of what he was doing was he was providing for their every need. He was saying, you could eat from this tree, and you can do this, and you can do that. Part of the reason he didn't want them to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was for their benefit. And so what we see is that God is a provider of every good gift. We see that from the fact that he's our creator, but also, and this is important for you and I, God is our sustainer. God preserves his creation. I mean, we talk about this a lot. I bring it up a lot. But there's so many things that happen in our own personal lives, in our own bodies, in our world, in our solar system that you and I aren't thinking about, right? How many of you woke up and thought about breathing this morning? No, I mean, most of you didn't. Most of you just started to breathe, right? Did anybody think this morning, man, I'm hoping that the earth is rotating on its axis at just the right speed today? You didn't think like that, right? Or man, I hope it's, you know, it's tilted at just the right angle. Maybe today something knocked it off angle and we might burn or freeze to death. We don't think like that. I hope my heart's pumping blood through my body so I'm getting enough oxygen. I hope my lungs are breathing. I hope my brain is fun. I know all of us thought that this morning. If I need my coffee so my brain can function. We don't think about those things. It reminds us that God is our sustainer and that he preserves all of creation. These are things that God just does naturally. He's our sustainer because he also cooperates with creation. One of the most incredible things about God for me is that he uses other people to provide for the needs that he has, that we have. I mean, how many of us have had a need before that somebody provided for? Now, here's what's significant for, for you and I to understand. God ultimately provided for that need. He used other people, his creation, to provide for that need. So he cooperates to, to sustain us. But lastly, God governs his creation. Everything that we see, it's a reminder for us that every good gift is from God because God is in control of everything. Creation is unfolding according to God's plan. Your life is unfolding according to God's plan. And what God is helping us do, yes, we make our own decisions, but what God is helping us do, it's like good parenting, right? I want to get my kids into a particular school. I want to help them learn how to navigate life. I want to do all of these things. Why? Because when they get to a certain age, they're thinking and making decisions for themselves. And what I want to do as a parent is set them up to be a successful, faithful adult, and God, in his sustaining of us, in his creation, is doing that very same thing for us. God knows that we're going to make decisions for ourselves, but he's setting us up in providing for us that we will make wise decisions as his children. He is a good father who is a provider of every good gift. 
And we we see, even in Scripture, God sustaining his people. I want you to look at Exodus 16. A lot of commentators, when they read this part of the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, they think back to Exodus 16. Exodus 16 is a part of the story of God bringing the people of Israel out of captivity. The people of Israel have come up out of Egypt, and now they're in the wilderness. And they start to grumble because there's nothing to eat in the wilderness. And then God provides for them. Look at what happens. Starting in verse 2. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So complain, 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 complain. All of that happens. And then look at what God does. Verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And on the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So they're in the wilderness. There is absolutely, literally nothing to eat. And the people of Israel are upset about this. God put us back into slavery, and we can at least have food to eat. So what does God do? He sustains them by giving them manna, literally bread from heaven. And so they don't work on the Sabbath. The day before the Sabbath, he gives them double of what they need. The Lord is the giver of every good gift. And part of what I think Jesus is teaching us here is not just to pray for our daily bread, but part of our response should also be gratitude. If God is the giver of every good gift, our response to him should be an act of gratitude. I mean, if I'm honest with you, I really struggle to be grateful. Anybody else struggle to be grateful? I typically, when I'm thinking about life, the things that I should be grateful for are the things that I just expect, right? And so... All of those things are just the things that I expect, but then I look at everything else and I'm like, God, what about this and what about this and why can't you fix this or why can't this be different? But I think part of what Jesus is teaching us is because God provides, we should cultivate a heart of gratitude. One of the things, if you've been following with us, we've been in these He Reads and She Reads Truth Bible reading plans, and we've been reading this one for the last uh, week. It's called Give Thanks. And literally, we're just going through the Bible, and we're looking at places where people gave thanks to the Lord. Today, I was reading, I'm a few days behind, but I was reading about how Jesus gives thanks. And literally, in multiple places in the gospel, Jesus stops and he gives thanks. When he's about to to give the Last Supper, he gives thanks. He breaks the bread and he takes the cup. Both times he gives thanks. In another place, when he's feeding the 4,000 and the 5,000, before he gives the, the fish and the loaves, he gives thanks. When he's with his disciples, and there's a lot of people that don't quite understand his teaching, he thanks 
God that there are a few that do. When he's about to raise his best friend, Lazarus, from the grave, he prays to the Lord and thanks God. Now, here's the crazy thing about all of that. Don't forget who Jesus is. He's God. And yet, in the moment of all of those things, he still himself, as God, expresses gratitude to the Father. It's a reminder for us. Jesus is not just our Savior, but he's a model for us. And in those moments, he's a model of expressing gratitude. Why? Because God is the giver of every good gift. So my challenge to us is that we would respond with more gratitude. Part of what I've been doing is I've been reading this Bible reading plan. I've stopped as after I finish, and part of my prayer response is simply beginning to list things for that day that I'm grateful to the Lord for. And some of those things are like silly, right? Yesterday, I went over to the Brichetto house because I need gravel for my new backyard. So literally, I'm just like, God, thank you for friends who give me gravel. You know? I don't, I don't typically think about that. But God gave them gravel, and they were generous enough to give it to me. God's the, God's the giver of every good gift, and we should be grateful for what he gives us. So why do we ask the Lord? Why pray for daily bread? The second thing is this. We are dependent on God for every good gift. Part of what Jesus is doing in this passage, don't forget who the disciples were. Don't forget about the audience around Jesus. And Jesus was not only followed by the 12 disciples, but literally hundreds of people would follow him and sit by him as he taught. And most of these people were poor people. Most of these people, when Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, they need literally the bread for the next day. And so Jesus, in teaching us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, is reminding us that we are dependent on God for every good gift. God is the creator, and we are the created. That's an important distinction that you, don't, you and I don't need to forget about. God's the creator. We're the created. Adam and Eve, when God formed Adam and Eve, where did, they, where did he form them? Out of the ground, dust, dirt. God is the creator. We are the created. In his book, Tell It Slant, Eugene Peterson says this, and I think it's so powerful. Praying for bread acknowledges need. Praying for bread acknowledges need. And I hope you see what Jesus is doing here. Yes, for the, for the disciples, for those following Jesus, the bread was a basic, literal need that they had. But I want you to think about, just like we talked about at the beginning of this sermon, what are your needs in life? When you pray for your needs, you are reminded that you are not God. You are the created, and He is the creator. What do, my, what do my kids do when they need something they can't get on their own? This is Gabe in the morning right now. I, I have one of the cool things about my new house is I have my own office, which is separated a good ways from the rest of the house. 
So I go there for silence and solitude in the morning. My, my son and my daughter, they're off, you know, watching television. And, and Gabe, he kind of knows that, like, there's distance in the house now. So he'll be like, Dad, 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 Dad. And I'm like, I can hear you. I'm just ignoring you, right? <laughs> but Gabe, when he, when he wakes up, even though he can get it himself, he's asking me for cereal or for something to eat or chocolate milk, Right? I mean, my kids know that when they need something, they ask for it. Why? Because they're dependent on me. Now, yes, the older my kids get, the less dependent they are on me. But it's a reminder for us, what do we do when we're dependent on someone for something? We ask. Right? If you need something from someone, whether it is financial or whether you're renting a a home, right, and something breaks in your home, What do you do? You call your landlord. You say, hey, this needs to get fixed. We ask when we need help. It's a reminder for us that we are dependent on God for every good gift. N.T. Wright says this, and this is so important for you and I. How did we address God at the beginning of this prayer? Our Father. And this is what he says. It's precisely, meaning asking is precisely what children do when they love and trust the one they call Father. And so for you and I, if we are dependent upon God as not only our creator and our sustainer, but as our Father, it's a reminder for us that God is a good, loving, gracious God who provides for us. And so we have to ask ourselves, why aren't we asking God for what we need? Is it because we struggle to see him as a good father? We don't think that he can provide? Because what Jesus is teaching us and reminding us here is that God is a good, loving, all-powerful, gracious father that wants us to ask him what we need. Jesus modeled dependence upon the father himself. After he's baptized, he goes into the wilderness for 40 days And at the end of 40 days, Jesus is hungry. Surprise, surprise, right? He's hungry, and the devil comes to him and tempts him. And this is what it says in the beginning of Matthew 4, verses 1 through 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. For those of you who are fasting right now and you're hungry after a day, just remember, Jesus was hungry after 40 days. Anyways. And the tempter, Satan, the devil, came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus, while he's in the wilderness, he is fully God, is still dependent upon the Father for things like provision or things like strength when Satan is tempting him. Jesus is dependent upon God because he knows that God is a good Father who provides for every good gift. But this is also what's important about this is to recognize that these are needs that Jesus is teaching us about. One commentator says this, the prayer is for our needs, not our greeds. God, I really would like a Lamborghini. Actually, I don't want a Lamborghini. I, I would like a, uh, a 68 
Ford Mustang GT500. You know, that's what I want, right? God hasn't answered that prayer yet. In like 25 years, God hasn't answered that prayer. I don't understand why. This is a reminder for us. Jesus is teaching his disciples and the crowds around him that every single one of us have needs. Yes, we have wants. But the priority is placed on our needs. What do you need to survive? Yes, you need bread. Yes, you need shelter. Yes, you need clothing. Yes, you need friendships. You need relationships. But also, I think for us, it's a reminder, what needs do we have that we need to give to the Lord? One of the things that I've been processing over the last like, couple of months is uh, I shared with you about like, the home buying process, and hopefully this doesn't scare any of you, but uh, buying a home for me is like doing taxes on steroids. And I'm just telling you, I don't like doing my taxes. I don't even do my, I, I just add a few things up and I give it to my accountant and I say, please take care of this. And then for the next like three weeks, I'm stressed as to whether or not how much money I'm going to get back or if I owe money, right? So buying a house for me was the most stressful thing I've ever done, literally. I've never been more anxious. I've never been more stressed than when I, when I was buying this house. And for me, it was a challenge and a reminder. And I'm, think, I'm going back and I'm thinking, God, why was I so anxious? Why was, why was I so stressed? Because do I, do I trust you? Am I dependent upon you knowing, God, that even in the moment when there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of I don't know because I hate numbers, that I can trust you? And, and that's the reminder for us is that every Every need that we have, we should bring to the Father. Every need. No, no need. Uh, one of the other things that we do, I think, sometimes is we assume that one need is greater or lesser than another need. Or someone's praying, like I think I shared this a few weeks ago, right? We're praying, you know, God, bring world peace or end poverty and hunger. And at, at the same time, you're just like, man, I really just need to pay this one bill. Well, God's kind of caught up in, you know, ending world hunger right now. Maybe he is not hearing. That's the incredible thing about God. God is an all-powerful, loving father. And so let's just assume God has many children, right? And if you have kids, you get this. You have your two, three, four kids come to you, and one might have a significant need, and one might have a minor need. But guess what? As a good, loving parent, what are you doing? You're taking care of all of their needs, and so regardless of what your need is, whether you think it's big or whether you think it's small, God is hearing your need and wants you to bring your needs to him because he wants to provide for you. For us, it's just a reminder to have the humility to simply ask. So if, if we're dependent on God for every good gift, what should our response be? It should be dependence. Just as we should be grateful for God providing, we should also recognize our dependence upon God. Now, we live in a very different culture, right? Most of us aren't worrying about our daily bread. We get paid bi-weekly, we get paid weekly, we get paid monthly, and so we have money left over for a certain period of time where we're able to buy our groceries, we're able to pay rent, we're able to get clothes. 
But don't forget that even in that moment when you get that paycheck, God has given you all that money. So the money that you have from your paycheck, whether it lasts a week, whether it lasts two weeks, whether it lasts a month, is all a gift from God. So when you're paying that bill or when you're buying that food, don't be thinking about, man, I'm glad I'm, I'm, I, I have all of this money to do this, but thank God. Wow, God, thank you for providing a job where I get to make money and pay for these things. God, thank you for giving me this opportunity to make this money that I can be generous with people. Regardless of how you get paid or how much you get paid, every single one of us in this room are dependent upon God for those things. So our response should be dependence. So why do we pray for daily bread? Because God, yes, is a provider of every good gift, and we're dependent upon those gifts. But lastly, this, every good gift is both physical and spiritual. Every good gift is both physical and spiritual. And so here in this text, Jesus is teaching us that God provides for our physical needs. And again, N.T. Wright says this, and I think this is so important for you and I, because we tend to over-spiritualize everything, right? God's got bigger things to deal with than taking care of my daily physical need. But look at what N.T. Wright says, and this is, I think, what Jesus is getting at. Give us this day our daily bread. This clause in the Lord's Prayer reminds us that our natural longings for bread and all that it symbolizes are not to be shunned as though they were of themselves evil. The physical, this is important, is not bad. You know why? Because God created us as physical beings, If the physical is or was bad, then God wouldn't have created us as physical beings that hunger, thirst, and get tired. Jesus himself experienced that, did he not? When Jesus was on earth, he got hungry, he got thirsty, he felt pain, he got tired. The physical is not bad. God created us as both spiritual and physical creatures. Therefore, our physical needs matter to God. Just a chapter over or a few verses over, Jesus speaks about this in Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Look at what he says. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. So just quick side note, 2,000 years ago, people were still concerned about making sure they could eat and making sure they had clothes to wear. The world has changed, but not that much, right? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And look at these comparisons that Jesus makes. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. What does God do for the birds? He feeds them. Look at what Jesus says. Are you not of more value than they? That's a rhetorical question. Jesus is saying, yes, you're of more value. Verse 27, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? 
Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Another rhetorical question. The answer is yes. You guys need to be a little more confident. Jesus wants you to know. He will feed you and clothe you. Oh, you of little faith. You see, Jesus is reminding us here. We can pray for these things. And we don't need to be anxious about them because God knows our needs and he wants to provide for our needs. Our physical needs are things that we should be praying for. But the second part that I think is at the same time true is that we should be also praying for our spiritual needs. One of the things that I did in preparation for this sermon series is I read a lot of church fathers, a lot of people that wrote about the Lord's Prayer in you know, the second, third, and, and fourth century. And what's interesting about the church fathers is they almost immediately skip over the physical need. And they immediately go to the spiritual need. Which, again, I think they're making a mistake in skipping over the physical need, but I think they're also recognizing that Jesus is also talking about providing for everything, including our spiritual needs. And he says something very interesting about himself in John 6 when he's talking about bread. Give us today our daily bread in Matthew 6. In John 6, Jesus says that he is the bread of life. Look at what he says in John 6, 47 through 51. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Now, at this point, this is an interesting story. John 6 is kind of a long chapter. Jesus is talking. He's speaking in metaphor, but everyone around him thinks he's being literal. And so he says, listen, you're not going to be able to live. You're not going to be able to have eternal life unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. And everybody's like, whoa, we crossed the line, Jesus. <laughs> we really liked you up to that point, but uh, we don't eat people. And Jesus is like, you're missing it. Just like the manna that God provided to the people of Israel that came down from heaven. I am the bread of life that, guess what, came from where? Heaven. What Jesus is getting at is if, not if you physically eat him and physically drink his blood, but if you trust in him as the source of life, you will have life. And I think probably some of what Jesus is getting at in Matthew 6, 11 is, yes, our physical need, but also reminding us that the only person, the only being who can satisfy our spiritual need is God himself. And every single one of us, just as we have been created with a physical need because of our sin, we are separated from God and we have a spiritual need 
And we cannot, just like we can't satisfy our own physical needs, only God provides. We're dependent upon God to give us money to pay for the things that we need. We have a spiritual need that we cannot fix. And what Jesus is reminding us of in John 6 is this reminder that Jesus is the answer to our problem. If you have a physical need, who should you go to? Jesus. And what he talks about, what the Bible talks about is our physical need is met when we repent of our sins, when we're walking one way and we turn away, recognizing that the way we have been living is contrary to what God wants. And because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we turn to Jesus and recognize that he is the son of God who came on our behalf, who died for us, and that through him we can be made right with God. That spiritual need can be satisfied. What should our response be to all of this? Whether it's physical needs, whether it's spiritual needs, it's trust. You know, it's one thing to be grateful. It's another thing to be dependent. You can be dependent on something and still not trust what you're dependent on. Have you ever done that before? Like you know that you need this, but you really don't trust that it's going to provide. And what Jesus is teaching us in Matthew 6, whether it's a physical need or whether it's a spiritual need, we are not only dependent upon God, but we should trust God. We should trust God to provide for our physical needs. And that, listen, the word trust and the word faith in the New Testament, guess what? It's the same word. It's the exact same word. Faith, when I read the word faith, it's, it seems to be in our day and age, it's such a passive word, right? Faith is just what? Belief. But if you really believe in something, if you really have faith in something, you're trusting it. You're putting all of your eggs in that basket. You're saying, I'm giving all of my all to this because I trust that they will take care of or this will be provided. And what Jesus is reminding us, whether it's a physical need or a spiritual need, we can trust God. So we bring our needs to him. For some of us, we recognize that we're separated from God. We recognize that there's this massive chasm, this uh, unreconcilable difference between us and God that we can't fix. The only answer to fixing that problem is trusting in Jesus. When you trust in Jesus, that, rec that relationship is reconciled. It's made right. And so we trust God for every single need that we have. He's a good, loving Father who provides good gifts that we're dependent on and dependent on for our physical and our spiritual needs. So we're grateful, we're dependent, and we're trusting. And I hope in all of this, you're thinking about prayer. Because literally wrapped up in, in, in this one verse as we think about prayer is we're praying for our daily needs. And while we're doing that, we're grateful. We're praying, we're recognizing our dependence. And as we pray, we're trusting. We're, we're praying, saying, God, I don't know if you can do this, but I hope you can. No, instead, we're trusting God. We're saying, God, I know you can do this. I want you to take those crackers.
I want you to open them up, and I want you to hold. Some of you have been waiting for this moment. Don't eat them yet. I can't open mine. Okay, I got it. We're going to have to vacuum as well. I want you to hold the crackers in your hands, and I want you to hold them like this. The bread that Jesus talks about, it's simply symbolic of every single need that you have. And, and part of us holding these crackers is recognizing that we are dependent upon God for every single need. And as we respond this morning, I want you to think about three questions as you hold these crackers, and these crackers represent the needs that you have. Number one, are you grateful? For some of you, it's been quite a while since you thanked God for the things that he's provided in your life. Number two, are you dependent? Some of you have forgotten that everything you have is given to you by God. And you need to recognize that. And lastly, are, are you trusting? Maybe these crackers represent that physical need. And there's something going on in your life. It's a, it's a physical need. It's you got to pay your mortgage this month and you're not really sure how that's going to happen. Or you need to get groceries. You're not sure how that's going to happen. Your kids need dental work and you don't know how you're going to pay for that are you trusting God some of you for a long time now have recognized your spiritual need before God that you are separated from him and the only way you're going to get back to him is through Jesus are you going to trust Jesus to save you because he can and he will God is a good, loving provider. We're dependent upon every gift he's given. And he freely satisfies our physical needs and our spiritual needs. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being a good, loving provider. You take care of all of our needs, Father. We're dependent upon you, God. Help us to be more grateful. Help us to be dependent. Help us to trust you. And so help us now as we respond to you. We ask all of this in Jesus' name.